Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Volunteers Podcast. I'm super grateful that you guys are here. This will be fun today, so stick with us. We're going to have a ton of fun, and we're going to talk today about a very, very important topic about leading up to your senior leaders and how you yourself can lead with confidence. Listen, uh, you can't you can't walk into your boss's office and expect them to solve all of your problems. Well, my name is Josh Denhart. Again, this is the Lead Volunteers Podcast. We're super grateful that you're here. Have a good friend on the podcast today who actually serves at one of, if not the largest church in America. So, Lori, give us your tell us hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Lori Bathred. I am with Lakewood Church. We're in Houston, uh, which I moved from Chicago, which was so cold. So I have enjoyed about eight years ago being in warmer temperatures than being a, um, a Texan these days. Um, for about 20 years, I've served in children's ministry and yes. uh, transitioned about a year ago over to lead our relief and outreach department, which we were expanding. So love it. I have three kids. We I live with my husband and we have an adorable boxer. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Well, I'm super grateful that you're here today. Um, and we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. So, Lori, uh, you and I have both lived in larger church contexts. For me to say that I was at a large church is nothing compared to uh, the size of church that you were leading up. But here's what I want to do. We're talking today about how to lead up. And so um, we often on the podcast, we try to define it. And then we take another step and we try to develop it and go a little bit deeper. And then, of course, we try to do it and have the, uh, the listeners feel as if they have a, uh, a pathway to, to run on. So talk to us today about this idea. We're talking about communicating with confidence. Um, and there's a, there's a lot to that. So help us, help us start us off today. Sure, sure. You know, I know early on for me in my career, I was often disappointed when I'd have a fresh or new idea and the senior pastor's immediate answer always seemed to be no. Right. Um, or maybe some of you, you know, you've been very excited about a new idea and your team has ignored it or worse, they've sabotaged the new idea that you've had and wanted to try. So what I've learned along the way is communication is actually one of the most important parts of our job. It is. Um, sometimes depending on our personality, if we're an introvert, we'd rather not communicate very much. We'd rather just talk to the kids. Um, but learning how to communicate. And today I'm hoping just to help us cover a few like strategic things and very um, it'll be a little more logistical and skill-based today, but what are some basic things that we can do in order to communicate effectively within the context? Yeah. And you know, Lori, it's very interesting uh, when, when we have an idea, um, prayed about it, we feel good about it. Um, there are those two moments when you're leading to go talk to your boss and they look at you and, and, and they shut it down right away. That's a very deflating feeling. In addition, 
However, it's been just as deflating when I'm super excited. I remember one example. I was super excited, came to my team, and it was like it fell on dead ears. And what you're saying Mm -hmm. to us today, if I'm hearing it correctly, you're saying it comes down to our ability. It's not the idea's problem. It comes down to our ability to communicate that idea. And so, exactly. And so, so for instance, we're talking about leading up and leading yourself. So let's start with this leading up concept. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things that I think, um, depending where we're at, especially I think when we're new to a position, you know, it takes about a year to get in the cycle of whatever that position is. And yes. so often we can feel insecure or wondering, oh my goodness, I'm not sure I completely understand. But the reality is you have to um, just believe in yourself. Tell yourself. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I coach myself. For sure. But tell yourself, the senior pastor chose you because they sh- they saw the gifts and talents within you. That's you right. weren't just chosen at random, but you are anointed and called for this time in this season. And so once you just say, I am the person, you really can step forward. And then once you have that, you have to understand um that you know senior pastors and our bosses they tend to be very busy people extremely busy confidence in extremely busy people and so the worst thing we can do is to look to them to solve our problems that's what they hired you for that's right you are hired to solve the problem and so most leaders really want you to come to them with the problem they want you to articulate this is the problem and this is my solution and let them respond to that And so really being able to understand who that senior pastor is, I think another really key ingredient with that is to understand how can they hear best. And so another way I say it is speak to be heard. Yes. Understand how they take in information. Do they prefer email? Do they prefer text? Do they prefer conversation? Do they like statistics? Do they like to, um, do they like to know that this has been represented someplace else? It is your job to do the research and to communicate them to them in an effective manner. One of the key things that you can do a lot of times is before you even go meet with them, put it all in a document. Whatever are those key things you want to talk to them about, drop it into a document and email that over to them and let them see it. I often call it the pre-read. Let them have a pre-read. If they have more questions, they're going to ask you about it and it allows them to drive the conversation. Becomes just a checkmark. Yep, that looks great. Let's move forward. Yes, yes, yes. This is fantastic. A lot of things that you said are are absolutely spot on. Um, And one of them I think is super important. Busy leaders don't want to solve your problems. Busy leaders want to approve well constructed plans. They want you to walk in and say, "Here's the problem. Here's what I think we should do." And they 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 hired you. They don't, they're not wanting to spend their brain energy to solve this problem. They want to have you put the lion's share of your mental caloric activity towards solving. But another thing that you mm-hmm. said that I think is really important, Lori, is this idea of know your boss. Know how they yeah. hear, right? Um, are they a pennies person? In other words, are they really obsessed with the budget? Are they... Um, you know, kind of a, uh, a a process leader where they want to know all of the, the, the nuts and the bolts and how this is going to practically work out. Are they a people leader, right? Mm-hmm. Are they somebody who's like, I want to know how this is going to affect humans, 
Well, listen, if they're a pennies person, <clears throat> and I'm talking all about how this is going to affect lives, they're like, that's fine, but what's this going to cost? And so I have to know my leader, what their proclivities are, and then position my pitch, so to speak, in, in accordance with who they are, not who they're not, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's so incredibly important to be able to um, communicate in a way that they can hear. It actually builds trust. It does. Believe it or not, if you're wondering why they're quick to say no, often it comes from a trust perspective. You've not earned the right to trust, and you've also not equipped them with an honest response. Because at the end of the day, that senior leader who's above you is going to be the one that often gets the tough phone calls. That's why right. did you do this? Why did you do that? What happened? I didn't like this. Um, and so if you equip them with the information, it gives them the opportunity in which to respond and actually become your greatest advocate. Yes. But on the other side, they're going to be quick to say no if they haven't seen it and they don't know what you're doing. You know, another key thing with your leaders is honor their time. Yes. If they give you 20 minutes, if your meeting is 20 minutes, that's how much time you take of their time. That's you right. don't take 45. You don't take two hours. You really come in and say, here's what I'm looking at. Here are the two key things I need you to respond on, and here's here's what it is. Yes. And so I've always found that the more I can just equip them with the information, so they're not blindsided, the better off it is. Yes. It builds it builds trust. Yes, and I call that. I I, I tell my leader above me. I say, hey, listen, I don't want you to be caught flat-footed. I don't want you mm -hmm. to all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and you're like, whoa. I don't even know how to respond. I've got a back. I'm kind of off my kilt. I want to provide them with the much, as much information as possible so that they can speak intelligently about what I've been up to. Yeah. And this person, I can, they can diffuse this potentially harmful situation because I, I set them up for success. In addition, um, mm -hmm. I always tell people who report to me, I say, hey, listen, uh, when I was a kid, my mom and dad said, listen, I don't care if you've done something bad. Make sure you tell me so that somebody else doesn't tell me and I feel embarrassed, right? And so I always yeah. tell my leaders, make sure that you don't leave me flat-footed, right? Yeah. I also say it this way, too. I say don't go for the forgiveness option. A mm. lot of times we kind of think, let's just do this and I'll ask for forgiveness later instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just share the information, tell them, yes. let them have the option. I think the other side of that too, um, you know, just real quick is um, not only do the do you need to do the forgiveness option, but you also need to watch what you say about your leader. If you're frustrated with their no, don't gossip about it. Don't right. share that information with other staff people and other people because that just disservice you and it puts you in a place really where God won't honor what right. you're what you're trying to do. If it's important enough to say out loud to gossip about, then it's important enough to figure out a way to say that to your leader. That's right. And if you cannot say it to your leader, don't say it to somebody else. Yes. And I, I have been certainly disappointed in my team was waiting for me to come back with a good answer. And I did have to report that mm -hmm. it didn't work out, but it doesn't mean I need to dog out my leader. Mm -mm. Exactly. Exactly. There's a big difference between talking about the thing and talking about the leader. Yes. And we should all have opportunities to talk about the thing in the room, whether that's, um, whether that's a program that worked the way we thought it should or a curriculum piece that we thought worked the way it, it could, um, how we would like it to work, 
or even if it's in a communication, I thought I had this conversation well with these volunteers or with a parent and it went south. Be the first to equip your leader. They will become your greatest advocate, but it also builds trust and it also actually enhances the work, enhances your work environment because um, you have each other's back and it's a much more enjoyable place yes, it uh, is. to work. You know, it, it, it comes down to um, being on the same team, right? And everybody wants the mission to move in a particular direction. Everybody wants it to go forward. I get that. Uh, and, and what you don't want to do is, is be the person who is sabotaging uh, the efforts through innuendo or through dogging somebody out. So it's all about the team, right? Yeah, I would go as far as go the absolute opposite. Make sure you're affirming your leader. Yes. Make sure you're letting them know when they release a certain amount of budget for you or they offered a certain um, opportunity for you to be able to do or gave you a room that normally isn't a part. How that affected people, how that affected what you saw, yes. whether that's in the people numbers, what you what you heard from people. Um, you know, I remember not too long ago, we decided to do an Easter egg hunt and it was a huge, ended up being a huge lift for us for a team just because of the size, but it was a lift for a lot of other departments and in our church as well. And taking the time to tell people thank you and what that meant to the families and what you saw and what were the results matters to our leaders. And yes. so for those above us, find those moments to say thank you. And circle back, not just with a thank you, but say, hey, thank you. And here's the good wins that took place, right? That's huge. Yeah. Because then again, yeah, it, it, breeds, so it breeds confidence because watch this. I always tell people uh, the best track record, the best way to move forward is to have an awesome historical track record. If you've done a great job yeah. historically, they're going to trust you for the future. Hey, hey, ministry leader. Now, I'm going to bet that you are not the boss at your church. Now, often I struggle to know how to position myself and my ideas. You see, I didn't sit at the decision-making table. Maybe your experience is like mine. However, I found a way to amplify my ideas, to get my voice heard, and to get things done, even if I wasn't present at that big table. Now, I created the course Lead Up to help the 99% of us to strategically position ourselves who aren't the boss. Lead Up in all of our courses are here to help you to get organized, to lead with confidence, and to get your voice heard. Check out the membership today. Go to leadministry.com to learn more. And if you use the promo code podcast, you can get an additional 20% off. Now, let's step back in to our podcast. Yeah. I think too, you know, the other thing too, is if you have a real strong leader over you and you feel backed into the corner yeah. a lot, or you feel overwhelmed, like, I don't know what to say. I would say as you communicate with confidence, it actually diffuses that. That is something to know. Like, if you're like, I don't know, like as you communicate more and don't be afraid of their tough questions. If they're asking follow-up questions, it's because they care. Yes. And, and because and they're interested. And the other thing too, Lori, that I often found is I wanted to come in extremely prepared myself so that I could answer those questions. I never wanted to be in a situation where I was like, uh, yikes, you caught me. I have no idea. So often what I would do is I would actually practice my pitch 
to my teammates. And I would pretend in, in a sense as if I was giving this pitch and I would run it through my team. They would listen to me. So my final draft was not my first draft. In other words, I didn't go to my senior leader and this is the first time I've uttered these words. That's so good. I call it um, another way I say that to Josh is basically make sure you have your vision down to a sentence, whatever the vision is, whether ah. that's a new curriculum, whether that's to enhance your worship team, whether that's to do a special event. I have the vision down to a sentence. That's genius. So whenever I'm saying that, because if you are doing, especially if it's something new, you're going to have to communicate this over and over. You're going to have to communicate to those that are going to help you with setup. You're going to have to communicate that to the volunteers. Yes. You might have to communicate that to the board. There's, you might have to communicate that to the youth department. You might have to communicate it to the parents. So if it's worth doing something new, it's always worth coming up with that one sentence of vision of why we're going to do whatever that is. Yes. And I, I think also uh, my background is in education. And so this is called a synthesizing mm -hmm. activity. As an example, you've got a lot of thoughts up in your head, but if you can't translate those down into a clean, crystal clear sentence, you yourself don't have mastery over that content yet. And so if you, can, if you can explain it in one sentence, you actually really get it. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, and a lot of it is you have to know too, like brainstorming shouldn't, I shouldn't say it shouldn't happen. I have found most effective to happen with a smaller group, one or two or five yep. people around a particular topic that helps you get to that synthesized version of what you yes. want to communicate. But when you try and brainstorm with everyone, depending on the strength of your voice or the insecurity of your voice, depending what that is, it could communicate, you could lose the idea before you even get a chance to actually bring it out. Or people thought you how your voice comes over. I have a voice that often sounds super strong all the time. Yeah. So if I say something and I haven't really synthesized it yet, people will think we're going one direction and then it suddenly looks like I changed my mind. Okay. This is the story of my life. And so I'm a very mm. persuasive person and I can do what I call speak speculatively. Sometimes I am throwing out ideas and I, and I have not landed anywhere, but in the passion with my voice and the excitement that I have, uh, I've had to, to, to remind people, I'm not giving you what I think is my final answer. I'm still dreaming. Now, the other thing, Lori, that I think that you mentioned that is great is, is that I want to, I want to do brainstorming with my absolute trusted insiders, not a room of eight people. Okay. That's too many cooks in the kitchen. That's, I want to brainstorm with my, my top two people. So there's three of us in the room. We kind of do this brainstorming activity. We, we have a first draft and then we bring it to the larger team of eight and we see their response. And then we bring it to a larger team of 15. We see their response. And the funny thing is what I found is that during that first run, during that second run, during that third run where we're kind of sharing this vision, I'm noticing things that should be repeated because it landed well with people. And I'm noticing things that should be deleted as in that did not make sense to these people. Never say that again. Right. That's so good. You know, too, I think when you do it in that order, when you start the brainstorming and then you go and really synthesize, what is your vision? The other thing that that allows, you know, I often tell people, look at every new idea 
basically on a bell curve where you can have mm. about 25% who are going to be early adopters who are going to be, oh yeah, I've been in pain. I'm so glad we're doing anything about this. Let's go. Yes. Then you have uh, what I call your early and late majority, which fills up the next, you know, half of that bell curve. Um, people who will jump on once they understand it, are trained, have the pieces that they need, they'll jump on pretty quick. But then you have your laggards too. May or may not ever get on the right. curve. I think one of the most freeing things I had ever said to me was from a coach who said, at any given time with a leader, you're going to have about 25% of people who are unhappy with you for some That's reason right. or another. They're not either going to like the direction that you're headed. They're, so I think we often go in um, as leaders and we think, oh, I need everyone to be happy. Or we focus so much on everyone who is not happy with the direction or what we're, we're bringing forward. And a big part of creating our own personal confidence is to realize that's just normal. It is. You're going to have about 25% that are just not going to be happy with you. And so giving yourself confidence to say, I, I'm just going to be okay with it. They're not really unhappy with me as much as they're unhappy with the direction or where I feel the mantle that's on my leadership that we're going to go. So keeping those conversations open and helping build up people, um, having I always say keep as short account as you can. Yes. So if you see someone's upset, have that conversation with them. Make sure that you continue to keep a safe space for people to talk to you and not about and around you and yeah. um, undoing things you, you don't want undone. And I would say that I, okay, this sounds, okay, I got in trouble with this phrase one time, but I'm going to clarify it, right? So this is the phrase that I call move toward the barking dog. And I'm not calling anybody a dog, but what I'm mm -hmm. saying is a barking dog yeah. sometimes looks intimidating. A barking dog could bite you. You might be afraid of that barking dog. But in leadership, I humble myself, I get a little bit lower, and I move with an open hand toward that barking dog, toward that angry person possibly. They can sense that I'm not threatening, and we can enter into a conversation. So that's first. I try to move toward the barking dog to dismantle that. Second, however, is you're completely right. There are people who are not going to agree with you. What I've found is, let's say it's 25%. As I move forward and we carry out with excellence that which I proposed, there's typically about 15% of that 25 original percent that finally do end up getting on board and I've won them over. In other words, by doing an excellent job, some of those initial detractors are like, okay, touche, that was an acceptable idea, and they're, they've moved toward the positive side. I, I have to mention, though, there are some people who are simply not going to be on your side, and consensus is, nowhere to, is no way to lead. Yeah, 100%. I think when you, to you, you know, you want to, there's a couple of things in just creating confidence around what you're doing and creating confidence around the people. I think you're 100% right that the best thing you can do when I say have those quick conversations, you say go towards the barking dog. I actually think that's a beautiful analogy of what, what we want to do because people also want to be heard. Yes. And you can reach a point in those conversations where you can say, okay, this is the direction where we're going. I just need you to reach a point of, can you go with us? Yes. Or can't you go with us? Because there's also times where, um, you know, it can be time that they're like, I just don't know that I can, then okay, maybe it's, maybe we need to have a different conversation yes. around it. But I do agree with you, the vast majority of people, especially in children's ministry, they care about kids. They want yes. what's best for kids. They want to make the right choices for kids. 
but it's creating enough platforms to hear from everybody. Yes. You don't have to make everybody happy, but you, it is important that you listen as much as you can and, and respond to them. And again, it goes back to sometimes when you have that synthesized vision statement, it's enough clarity in your mind that you don't feel waffled when you're having those conversations. Uh, 100%. Because what you don't want to do is have them bring up a pressing question to you. Maybe they're a little bit heated and their first and initial question you can't answer. They've just popped a hole in the entire thing and they're like, see, this thing's ridiculous. And so you gotta ha you have to know what you're talking about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's so good, it's um, so good. I wanna share one more thing um, that I appreciated about about what you said um, is, that, is that our job is to communicate. Our job is to communicate. And so people, here's what I found. The majority of people who are sideways or have their underwear in a wad about a decision that we're making, it's not because of the sense of purpose. Our purpose is the gospel and kids. Everybody agrees on that, as you said. The difference is they don't like, okay, let's say that that gospel is a, that, that, that vision of reaching kids or whatever, or reaching people is on the top of a hill. It's like a top of a mountain and there's a flag flying up there. Everybody agrees with that goal. Here's where it gets dicey. It's, do we take a bunch of switchbacks in order to get to that? Or do we go up the backside of the mountain? Do we go kind of around in a serpentine fashion? It's not the goal, it's the way that we're going about achieving the goal. That's a matter in some sense of preference. And so I need to, yeah. I remind people, this is the goal. And they're like, yeah, 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 we agree on that. Okay, so let's, I, I want to double down on the idea that we agree about that. And then I've often found that once I explain the rationale for why we're going to the left at this point and not to the right, they often, it's, it's a matter of, of, of a lack of information. And I say, the reason we're doing this is because of these things that you don't yet know about. Now, here's what I've done often. I've made, I, I still live this way. I've made the assumption that the reason why people are oppositional to me quite possibly is because they don't know that which I know. And they, they just don't understand that we actually can't do it the way that you're envisioning. And so uh, through a conversation, I can walk them through that. But if I don't have those conversations, they think honestly that I'm an incompetent leader because I didn't think of some of these basic things. I want to make sure that they know that I thought of those basic things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I say it this way too. Um, clarity is kind. When wow. you give clarity to a situation, clarity is just kind. People want to understand. I think even, um, you know, most, sometimes we think if we're too transparent, people um, won't go with us or they'll have, you know, it'll be, but I've actually found even when it's hard things to that transparency is one of the kindest things yes. we can do when we say, even if the transparency is, I don't know that we'll have the same budget that we had this past year to do what we're going. And so we're trying to make some adjustments. This is the reason that we're starting to unfold this. Or the transparency is a lot of times if you can state what the problem is or what you're trying to solve, to your point, people will go with you so much yes. than thinking you're just trying to do something new for new sake. You we know, you, you should be able to back up the reason why you're doing, but what we know about God is the gospel is always solid. 
Yes. God is always going to want to communicate and help people engage in a relationship with him. The how we do that, <clears throat> we never want to be stagnant about. And different people handle change. That's some right. Some love it, some hate it. That's right. And so the best thing, you need to know your people. Who's going to love this change and who's not going to love the change? And making sure you're having those conversations early on will actually create confidence in it. But it also makes you a safer place. And it also allows, um, you know, this last year as we walked into this transition, we didn't know what we were doing. Sure. We had no idea. Because it was a, it was a new position. It's all, it was a it's new all position. brand new. It's yeah. all fresh. It's a new position. It's a new department. It's all everything new about it. And so, but we had a lot of volunteers that wanted to come and serve with us. And so we're in a, um, part of what we do is we get out gift and kind to all of our communities through some corporate sponsorships that we, we have. And what I found interesting into it is every time they would show up and it was new to me, I wasn't sure how we were going to do a super, um, uh, maybe that sorting the goods or maybe that was, you know, dividing things up. Every time I brought them in, I would actually say that, hey guys. Right before Christmas, we received a semi-load of toys, and I didn't know what was on the semi. I just knew we had a semi-load of toys, and we had to get them out to organizations. And so my conversation literally was, hey, guys, um, we got in the semi-load of toys. We need to figure out what we have, get a count for that so we can turn it around. This is what I think, this is where I think we can start, and let's see how it goes. Do you know over and over and over? the volunteers have gone with us and been a part of the solution because I think the transparency, but this is what we need. Yes. This is a, what you brought up is very important because don't be a leadership pretender. People are going to see through that. Like if all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're walking in and you've got a, a semi load of things that you don't even know what's in there and you don't know how you're going to divide them. People are actually quite gracious and they're not going to think that you're a fool. Like, like, I literally have no idea what we're getting into. We're a team. We're going to be fine. But I want to let you know we're going to figure this out as we go. They're much more content with that as opposed to a posture of you have everything figured out when actually you don't. Be honest. Be genuine. Uh, and, and there's, I've, I, I truly have, Lori, and I bet you have as well. I have observed leaders who tried to, to, tried to pull the wool over on their people out of their very own insecurity. Exactly. And that's, exactly. you know, yeah, leading with confidence means I'm, I'm simply going to tell the truth. We're fine here. We're fine, but I'm going to tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence has way more to do with transparency than it does actually feeling confident. Oh, man, that is a very tweetable statement. Say that again. Confidence has more to do with transparency than it has to do with your, your level of uh, surety, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's a good word. And so being transparent, you should be safe in that. You should be safe in the idea, well, mm -hmm. here's really the reasons we're doing this. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that makes complete sense. As opposed to trying to save your own face when you don't even really need to save it. Exactly. And that goes for whether you're a well-seasoned leader or you're new to leading in yes. children's ministry. Just, just being transparent, but also owning the mantle that's on your shoulder. It yes. isn't, a, I think the one thing we, um, you know, one thing in leadership, we've hit on it a couple of times, but leadership is not, um, leadership is not about making everyone happy. It's helping guide everyone to go the same direction. I love that. I love that. And, you know, somebody said to me one time, if you think you're leading and you turn around 
and nobody's following, you're only taking a walk, right? So people need to be following exactly. where you're going. This is good. Hey, you know, I know that we had kind of, you know, we, uh, uh, this is a good conversation. I think it's going very well. Any, let, let's keep it going. Do you have any other thoughts um, about some of this stuff? Because you, you prepared some good stuff. I, I want to keep going if we can. Yeah, no, I think, you know, we've covered, we've covered so much of um, what we, you know, I think the direction of today, I would just say as people look forward and, and they go into this next week, I would just encourage you to write down, prepare for your next leadership meeting. Yes. What does that look like? You know, um, next time you're going to go and either talk to your team, or you're going to talk to um, your pastor. Put things in a bullet point. Yes. Synthesize a couple of those statements. Take 30 minutes this week to just write down what are you trying to communicate. And a lot of times I do that. What is my area of frustration? What am I most frustrated about? Yes. And how am I trying to solve it? Write down your solutions and let your senior pastor know in the next meeting. Create some pre-read materials and see how you feel about those things. The other thing I would say is get on your knees a little bit. Yeah. And ask yourself, what am I allowed to become feel personal and internalized because I didn't see results happening on the practical and on the skill level? And okay. once start start that hold over. On to that, it Say that all again. I think what you said is really important, but I, I don't want people to miss it. Sure, sure. I said, you know, right to side, but then there's a side that we have to spiritually process, that we have to personally process, which is a lot of times when we have felt stuck or mm -hmm. we have felt like things have been heard or things aren't going the way that I want them to go, we internalize it and we almost become bitter, frustrated, angry. We have all these emotions that wrap up in that. And those emotions are a very hard space to lead out of. Yes. You don't lead anybody because really often deep down is we can want to frustrate other people or we want other people to hurt or we want them to hear about how frustrated I am versus being able to lead. And so there's some personal work we each have to do when we have allowed things to go too long and have it process what we're feeling. And so taking the time to sit with God and say, you know, God, I'm feeling these things. Yes, Forgive yes. me. How do I move past them? But also empower yourself by creating a list to get that over to your senior pastor, yes. to get that over to the team that you need to communicate with so that you can have some of these transparent conversations, but you have to balance those because if you ignore how your emotions are, especially if those are more heated or frustrated or depressed emotions that yes. you're having, that will come out in what you're trying to communicate. And that'll be abundantly evident to those around you. And you know, we're talking about leading with confidence. If you don't take care of yourself spiritually and emotionally, and you know, you're walking in with a, a Maybe you got a couple of no's historically and, and it didn't work for yeah. you or you're feeling a lot of apprehension. Um, as they say, sharks can smell blood. And so in a way, yeah. you're walking in and you're not exuding confidence. You're giving off a vibe that something actually is wrong here and people might not be able to pick up what it is, but they don't want to go with you. And a senior leader is like, I'm smart. I didn't get, this, get to this position for no reason. And I just don't feel right about what I'm seeing. Even though the list of things you prepared is exceptional, you have not prepared your own self to present it with, with authenticity. You're, you're, you're all up in your head. That's a good word. 
Yeah, I would say, I think it goes to like this, you asked one other thing. The other thing I would just encourage people, um, this is a little bit off of leading with confidence, but I think it is what cares for us. We are our own boundary keepers. Explain that. We keep, what I mean by that is, you know, ministry is busy, it's full. Um, it easily can take up 24 seven. Yes. And, you know, and no one else keeps your boundaries, but you, Yes. you, you're in it for the marathon. You will do your team and everybody else the best service if you can keep your own boundaries. And so by that consistently looking at, mm -hmm. you know, um, am I taking care of, you know, how is my devotional life? Mm -hmm. Is it getting last place or is it getting first place? How am I taking care of me? Am I turning my phone off, you know, in the evenings? And am I making sure I'm answering emails and responding within specific time frames? Yes. Because nobody else will keep your boundaries and you will move towards burnout. But the closer your boundaries or the more your boundaries get encroached upon, the more you're going to probably struggle with the emotions that we're talking about. Yes. Because you feel like no one is taking care of you. But the reality is you are your boundary keeper. Nobody else's. You are, and so you have to keep your boundaries. And so when you keep your boundaries, you're going to be in a far greater mental space to walk into any and everything and receive a yes or receive a no and, and move forward in confidence, move forward in the sovereignty of God. Wow, Lori, this has been a fantastic conversation. And I, I've always known that you're an exceptional leader, uh, truly, and you really are. I mean, you've got a lot, a lot, a lot of good things, and you have, you know, truly decades of experience at leading at some of the highest levels. I'm very proud of you. I think you're a great person. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Oh, Josh, thank you so much. And thank you for all you do to continue to equip and empower children's pastors and just those who lead in ministry. Um, it's an amazing job, but it also is a difficult job and being able to equip and empower and to get them their skills. But we just honor you for that. And thank you for picking up the handle. Absolutely. Thank you, Miss Lori. Keep up the good work. Well, gang, this has been yet another episode of the Lead Volunteers podcast. Wow. A lot of good stuff as it relates to leading up. Well, gang, this has been another episode of the podcast, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers podcast three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers.